for way the other okay hey everyone this is chris and sandy been with the chris and sandy show we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists and today like i say on every episode we got a great show for you we got sophia warren coming on she's doing some great things out there and you know we're looking forward to hearing a little bit of her story and getting to know her a little bit and talk about some music so sophia how are you doing today i am doing wonderful how are y'all doing Oh, we're, we're doing, doing good. good. Yes. Yeah, good. <clears throat> so one thing I like to do in the show, when we very first start, we're in a, like we were just talking about, we're in a weird year. It is. And I always like year. to ask about that and let's get the elephant out the room, uh, so to speak. So how has COVID affected you as an artist and what are you doing to maneuver through that? Oh my gosh. I think I, I, I've not done a ton of performing outside of my bedroom. So <laughs> I've, uh, I think this time has given me a lot of time to write and work on, you know, um, mental health and meditating and kind of bettering myself. So it kind of betters my music at the same time. Uh, hmm. Definitely had a lot more time to write. And I, you know, I'm learning uh, electric guitar now too, and oh, wow. learning more instruments. And it's actually been a positive experience for me, which I think is like, I'm like the only person in the world that it has been. <laughs> <laughs> That's like for us, you know, when we first mm -hmm. launched the show in January, the plan was 100 interviews, like I told you. Mm -hmm. And because of COVID, it was like almost like a dream here because you know what? Everybody's listening to stuff. Yep. Um, artists need a place to talk now. So yeah. all, the doors just opened up. And because of that, we're at almost 260 interviews since January 3rd. <laughs> That's crazy. That's still crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Our goal was 100. Now our goal is 300. And oh based God. on the numbers that we're doing right now, we figure we'll probably hit 300 sometime beginning of December. Oh my goodness. That, yeah, that's again, that is crazy. You probably set your goal a little higher, you know, like a thousand or 2000. <laughs> <laughs> we had six more months, maybe that <laughs> So um, as we get started here, I always like to go a little light before we really talk about the story. So tell us some hobbies you like to do outside of music. Uh, I'm a really big nature lover. Um, it also helps me for my musing is still kind of connected to that because it helps me yeah. sort of clear my mind and breathe and kind of get away from music for a minute. Cause when you're too enveloped in it, it's kind of just like, <laughs> ah, and it surrounds your brain 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. And you're like, I need to take a step back. It's like writer, it's writer's block basically. So uh, I'm really into nature and hiking. Um, I work with uh, foster dogs at Austin Pets Alive. So right now we actually have a, four month old puppy who had um, Parvo. She's recovering now, but uh, we've dealt with a lot of major medical dogs. So helping them is wow. definitely a big, big part of my part of my life and a big part of my hobby. Uh, I like to read as well, which is a new <laughs> hobby I picked up during quarantine. I didn't, I originally hated reading. And then I was like, I've watched every movie on Netflix that I want to watch. I've watched every mm -hmm. single show. What can I do now? So I started, I started reading and yeah, I'm, I'm picking up a lot of new hobbies this year for sure because you're just stuck and sitting and you've done everything you had to do and you're like, let's yeah. just try knitting. Yeah. Let's just let's just start knitting. Why not? Nothing <laughs> else to do. You know, yeah. As the more people we talk to, the more because uh, I always like um, probably got more hobbies than you did ever. And you know, a yeah. lot of them are like, oh yeah, yeah because you know, when music drives so much in you that that. Um, you don't have time for anything. So now all of a sudden they get all this time trying to figure out, okay, what do I do with my time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> so what would you say is something quirky about you? 
quirky. Um, <laughs> I don't know my, my, my entire life. No. Um, well, I, I'm homeschooled, so that's something a little different. I, every single artist I do meet, they're like, I barely have any time. I have to go to school. And I'm like, ha I've got all day. <laughs> um, again, I, oh, I've uh, owned my own business since the age of 12. Um, oh, wow. so I'm definitely consider myself a serial entrepreneur. I'm a, I'm a, I've been pet sitting for four, four or five years now. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and I love going out and again, like I said, the foster dogs and love creating, uh, connections there as well. So yeah, there's a couple quirky things. I don't know if those are considered quirky. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We homeschool our eight year olds. We so. do. He loves it. Oh and yeah, I mean it's funny. Nice. All these people are going having to do the homeschool thing, and he ain't had to change nothing. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've noticed that a lot. Of people are like, "Oh my gosh, how to homeschool homeschool kids? They're so lucky that they get to do this every day." I'm like, "Yes, yes, we are." I've been homeschooled since kindergarten, so around four oh, wow. or five. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it's, it's been a while, and I'm very, very fortunate that my parents decided to do that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit of your backstory, because we like to get to know the person behind the music, not just the music. Mm -hmm. um, so I started sort of doing, I guess, I don't know if this is, again, it still kind of connects us to the music. Uh, I started sort of doing music and getting into um, that around 12. And I and always beforehand, I never wanted to do music. My parents were always like, you should do music. You should, you know, uh, <laughs> you should write and all this other stuff. And I was at the fine child, like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. You're not going to tell me what to do. And then <laughs> finally I was like, uh, okay, I should probably start doing music. And I, you know, start writing and singing and everything else. Um, more of a back, back, back story, not connected to music. Um, I, trying to think because I'm trying not to find connected to music um well I uh I don't know I can't think of anything else because I feel like music is so enveloped in my life that I can't think of yeah. anything other than music yeah. in my head right now but uh been doing music since the age of 12 learned like four or five instruments in this time um I've been you know performing outside and everything else. And my, my brain is fogging up right now and I can't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, a lot of people will ask, when did you know you wanted to do music as a career? But you know, I like to go one step deeper. When did you know it could be a career? When did that, what was that moment when it clicked? Wow, this could be a career. Gosh, I mean, I my, family always listened to music. I mean, I, we, we used to do a lot of road trips and always like, you know, Coldplay, The Killers, Nirvana, like everything across the board we'd listen to. And I, and I always just absolutely loved music. So I think when I knew that I could actually do music was probably like the age of six when I went to a voice coach for like the first time. And I was still defiant. I was still like, ah, I don't know. And I was like, ah, oh, why not? And, uh, it, uh, She's like, you have an amazing voice. You should really start to think about doing this. And, you know, obviously at six, you don't know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. So you're like, maybe. And then probably around then. Yeah. I was like, I think I might want to do this. But then I was like, I still want to defy my parents. And then at 12, I was like, I'm going to do this. This is something that I <laughs> want to do for the rest of my life. This is something I enjoy and something that I think I could really help people with, especially. <clears throat> now, as you know, 
a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get there, but to get even to the career level. And I like to talk about that side of it because nobody does. And I think it's the, yeah. one of the most important sides is that people need to know the rawness that it takes to be an artist. <laughs> so I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us to where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls. And at that time, they were full-time on music. And I'll never forget an answer to a question that she gave. Um, she, I asked, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will, will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, the moment you want it to be a career, <clears throat> everybody owns a piece of you. And your friends and relatives, they never understand. And they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to, you know, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you're in that grind mode. You can't say no to gigs and you can't cancel. You sure don't want to be that, the one that cancels because you've got so many people that are depending on you. They see nine to five. They don't realize you're 24-7 as an artist. So they don't see that. <clears throat> then your family around you has to sacrifice. It's not just you, the artist, but they do too. And then if that's not enough, she went on to say that then there are days where you're just miserable. You just had a bad day. Everything's going wrong, but you got a gig that night. So you got to get up there yeah. and put that mask on, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. and just play and perform. Mm -hmm. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of you, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I honestly don't think I see myself doing anything outside of music. And it is 24-7 for me. And it could be like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I think I'm going to write a song right now. <laughs> and I think I'm going to create this whole chord progression and everything else. Um, and it does really um, engulf your life. And I, I don't like to think about it, I don't think in the past like four years how I thought anything about doing another career. I've just been, you know, every single second of every single day writing or singing or thinking about singing or thinking about going out to a gig <laughs> or thinking about working with somebody. And it's just like flood your brain a ton. I mean, I've, I've always thought trying to find like a plan B, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I should even do that because I'm just I'm just so laser focused in and like I yeah this is something I want to do for like the rest of my life. And it does, and it does at times, you know, it's a little much. And like I said, that's why I love to get out and go mm -hmm. on a hike or go down to Austin and hang out because it's just at times it's like writer's block. And it's like, I'm going to explode if I do not just think of something else for like 10 minutes. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when you watch a lot of the big artists get um, interviewed and the host is almost always take it. They always have that exact same question. What would you be doing if music didn't work? And nine times out of 10, the answer is almost the same. I would be a broke musician because I had no plan B. Yeah. That's almost always their answer because, because I remember hearing what, because one of the, I remember one time a host asked, well, isn't it smart to have a plan B? And I remember, I, can't, I wish I could remember who said this, but I remember the guy said, if I had a plan B, when times got rough and they always will, my plan B would become plan A. Yeah. He said, that's why you can't, you, you have to put so much into your artistry mm -hmm. that if you have a plan B, the day will come when the 
when that becomes plan A. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of times in these past couple of years when I've definitely been knocked down pretty hard. Um, and I, I've always thought of a plan B and always trying to figure that out. But I mean, I, I always get asked like, oh, do you still want to continue doing this? You know, that sucks that that happened. And I'm like, I don't want to stop. Like I've put in this much effort. I am so want to do this. I don't care what happens. I'm I again, I will be a broke musician probably. <laughs> but I, I'm <laughs> so enveloped into this and I'm like, I'm, I can get knocked down and I will get right back up again. You know, the great thing is down the road when you become that great musician, that when you're asked that question, you'll be able to say, no, I had no plan B. So we talked about the sacrifice side a little bit. Let's talk, go the other way and talk about the glory side. What are some, a few moments that you've had in your career so far, you were like, wow, I got to do that. Oh my gosh. Uh, I remember um, one time that I was kind of like, I, I, I realized like, mm, maybe, maybe again, this is like something that I should probably continue doing. I had a guitar teacher and he wanted to hear some of my music. So mm -hmm. I played him one of my songs, um, which is a sadder song. I think all my music is sad, but it's on the sadder side. And he started to cry. And his girlfriend at the time, she started to cry, like bawling her eyes out. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like, <laughs> like what? I don't know, what am I doing? And it's like, I don't want to make people cry, but I guess it's like, you know, that emotion that you put mm -hmm. into your music and translate to other people. And they're like bawling their eyes out. And I'm like, oh, sorry, but also, hey, I've got something <laughs> that makes people feel emotional. Right. Um, and then another time I was at, I did an open mic at a uh, restaurant once or bar slash restaurant. And I was on stage and I came off and like a bunch of people were like stopped me and were like, hey, that was amazing. You're so good. And they didn't do that for anybody else. And I was like, I, I always yeah. like thought yeah. like, oh, I'm not that big. Of, I'm not that good of a singer. And I don't know. And I'm always very down on myself about it. But after like all of those moments and, you know, people who are these amazing producers or amazing artists that I met who are like, you have something you, you should use it. And I've kind of been like, okay, I think I might be on the, on the right path, you know, cause all mm -hmm. this stuff is a lot of the times, all this stuff, it's, it's easy at times. And mm -hmm. it's like, I artists have worked, you know, five years to get where at times where I am, I'm like, this took mm -hmm. me, you know, a year or four years and that's it. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and it's, if it's easy, I feel like it's the path that you should be going on. But that's makes sense. Even though music's not easy, still. Oh no, no, no. More of the business side is a little bit easier, but the, no, the music side yeah. is uh, it's stressful. So, are there have there ever been a moment? Um, most artists they do where you're there and you're wondering, is this ever going to make it? You start questioning everything, and you're kind of at a fork. You're like, you know what? I could just go this other way, or just continue on. In those moments where it seems like everything's crashing, how do you drive through those moments? What get, what gets you through those moments? And do you have a moment like that? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've been knocked down quite a bit, um, and I think I like to kind of take a step back and look at what I'm doing yeah. this for. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. you're you're in you're kind of like. Uh, tunnel vision you're focused on I gotta do this and then I can do that and then I gotta do this and it's like sometimes when you get to that fork you're know, like I put all this work in for nothing you kind of are like but 
there's so much more work I have to do to get where I have to be. And I, I want to, my, my whole reason, I think one of my main reasons I started music and that I'm still doing music is I really want to help people because when mm -hmm. I was really down and in those forks, listening to music and listening to these artists speak and talk, I've kind of been like, okay, I'm going to continue doing this because this seems absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. If these artists can make me feel with their music, if I can make people feel out the same exact way, oh my gosh, that would be, that's my dream. That's my goal. So at yeah. these forks, I look, I'm, I can help people so much, I feel, with my music because so many artists have helped me. So I take a step back, I look at the fork, and then I'm like, all right, we're going to keep going. This is difficult, but it's okay, and we're going to keep going, and it'll all work out in the end. That's what I just keep telling myself. It'll all work out in the end. Even though this is a pain in the ass sometimes, it'll all work out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> now, you're going to play something for us, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. Awesome. I'm very excited. <laughs> yes. Okay. And we'll make it full screen. Yes. Okay. And you can talk about the song a little bit before you do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the floor is yours. Yes. All right. So um, this song I wrote about a couple of years ago. And when I was writing it, I'm a very visual writer. So whenever I write anything, mm -hmm. I have like a whole scene out in my head and what I'm what I'm writing it about and it's almost like a movie um and this song was this is depressing this is sad but it was about <laughs> basically a an old couple who one of them passed away and it was kind of like that moment of realization that you've you've lost someone you love that you spent you know a lot of people older people they spent 50 years together and and you've yeah. just lost that that loved person even though it's it's your friend that's your you know, it's someone that you've just spent this time with. So I took that sort of emotion and visualization and created this song, which is sad. So Your skin was cold before you left me. Your Good morning. 
just yesterday. You may be gone, but our love will still remain, and I miss you most of every day. And I can't wait to see you again. And I can't wait to see you again. I'm coming to you. Coming to you, oh, I'm coming to you. Uh, I always get so ner- embarrassed after finishing a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you did like, great. Oh, what do I do now? <laughs> it was great though we loved it thank you thank you i hope the mic didn't i was like so worried about the mic being like crushed i was like ah oh no it was fine okay all right good yeah it's all good so now as you know um it takes a team to make an artist a lot of people they see the artists but they don't see the pr people the um the managers producers and i don't care if you've got a team of one or a team of a 300 like justin bieber says he has yeah doesn't matter yeah. it's still a team and i always and i don't think they get enough love so i always like to give the artists a chance to talk about their team a little bit so if you want to tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are that'd be awesome oh my gosh i think my team as cheesy as it sounds and my biggest like supporters is my family um my (laughs) brother helps me creating a lot of my music and helps me um at times right when i'm stuck in those writer blocks and Mm. my mom is like like uh, a master at connections and business connections (laughs) and like she like is always helping me and and all that aspect and then like my dad is like does a ton of stuff and, and it's funny but they're my biggest team um and my biggest supporters and my as they say biggest cheerleaders and they have always loved it <laughs> and i don't think if i had like this support system i don't know if i'd be where i would be because i think yeah. a lot of artists in the beginning they're not supported by their family and they're like oh this is a stupid dream why are you you know doing mm-hmm. this and you should be get a real job but always my my family has always been like go for your dreams you can do it you know and I'm just, I'm just so um, lucky to have that type of support system. And I love when you, we hear stories like that, because like you said, there are a lot of parents, as soon as you don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Yeah. Oh, no, not a musician. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's almost like being a dump truck driver type thing <laughs> or being a garbage truck driver. To some, to some people, that's how they see it. Because, yeah. because, and I think one of the problems is they see Blake Shelton and then they see someone who's done 20 years and made zero dollars. 
they don't realize that there's actually many levels in music where people, oh, yeah. can, I mean, there, there are many people that are living off their music and you'd never hear their name. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times parents don't see that because you'd never hear their name They're because they're doing it their way. And because of that, they don't, they think that you're either lucky or you're not. Exactly. There's like that bottom floor level. You're never going to do anything with it or you're the most famous artist in the world. And there are a lot of artists who make a very good living just performing, just performing mm -hmm. at a bar, performing at a club and like a very surprisingly good living. Like I didn't even know that. I was kind of like that bottom of the top. And then like a couple of years ago, I was like, I could just, even if I don't have that ex insane lucky success, I can mm -hmm. still do what I love and still survive off of it, which was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> And that's like we, we interviewed Joe Kelly, who's who owns CDX Nashville. Mm -hmm. And he was telling us about um, how there's so many people he knows that they would never go to a label because they're doing it their way. And they're making a really strong six figure income and profit, not gross, but profit. Yeah. And he says, uh, he says, you know what? They're doing it their way. And that's yeah. what's important is with, because of social media, because of technology, you can now do it your way and make the income you want to make without a label, so to speak. Now, like he said, when you get to a certain level, you almost have no choice to, to join yeah. with a label. But until yeah. then, you're almost screwed if you join with a label too early. Yeah, that's kind of a that's a huge, <laughs> huge thing that I think a lot of young up and coming artists do not think about is that that independent or label situation because mm -hmm. if you get to it like like you said you get to a certain level where if you want to break through you kind of got to go to a label because of their connections because of the money mm -hmm. that they can put behind it but um when you go and and i mean this i've seen this with a lot of artists when you go too early to a label they call it um an industry plant what they call those artists <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's like they're they're manufactured artists like that's not who they actually are but to sell yeah labels make them you know wear those clothes and sing that song and that's not who they are that's just because <laughs> labels are like we want to make money off of you that's why we took yeah. you this early. <laughs> and the worst stories i've heard and i've heard several people say this i would have never known this happened again like they say that it's not every label does this but some labels have mm -hmm. where they've got this person that they're putting millions of dollars in and they see you as a threat because it's the same audience and you're starting to explode. So they come to you and they say, we'd like to bring you on our label. And you're all excited. You don't read the fine print. You're all excited. You don't get attorney and all that to look over, make sure everything's a okay. You yep, sign that dotted line. You yeah. sign it and they yeah. bent you for three years. And now yeah, you and can't do yeah. no music. Then once they've let their other person go where it needs to go, then they unbench you and let you go. Yeah, that's. I think that's something that again, young artists need to understand is this is this is singing and this is like fun, but it's also there's a business side to it, mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. need to have. I mean, I like I said, I've been I've been working and have my own business since the age of twelve. Maybe it's just pet sitting, but I understand that business aspect, and I I, I understand yeah. management, I understand marketing. So it, it's all fun and you're singing, but also you need to have a good lawyer. You need to read the fine print. It may, if, if it seems too good, it is, it's, you know, the, what's, what's the saying? If it looks too good, it's, it's not good or whatever that, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the, yeah, 
definite, definitely <clears throat> need to read the fine print. And it's not all fun and games at times. You know, talking about your team and stuff, um, we've got a third team member. Yes. Our little eight year old that we bring on to ask one question to each artist. So Sandy's going to go get I'll go get Okay. You know, we've got a 20 month old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole family business. Well, we cars, you know, it's funny. I always joke on the show and say that we're a family affair oh. show. And what's funny about that, I was like, you know what? That would be a great media name. So we actually locked in familyaffairmedia.com and that's going to be the name we run everything under. That's awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> it that's was so just cool. an idea that all, and, and the cool thing about it is I looked up trademarks and all that, and they just let all that go like a year ago. So, oh, this is great. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I bet he, I bet he has some inter interesting questions. <clears throat> <laughs> Hi, Sevilla. Hi. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? I really like sushi. It's not a lot of people's <laughs> favorite food, but I really like sushi. <laughs> pizza. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. I I I will say I like I like pizza sometimes too. Yeah, it's a good thing you can see him from head to toe because he's been playing his his legs are like. Filthy. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like me when I was a kid. <laughs> but he loves this. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Nice meeting you. <laughs> yeah. When we and again, like I said, we got a twenty-month-old, and when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into. <laughs> so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, mm -hmm. and what would you want to write about? Goodness, I, I think it would be, oh my gosh, I think it might be Bob Dylan, which oh, wow. is definitely not like, like, I, I, I mean, I, I absolutely love his music, it's nothing, it's very different by it and his, but he was such an incredible writer, and I think that's <laughs> a lot of the times what gets looked over in music is the writing and I, yeah. I, they kind of just focus on the instrumental and the sound of the voice, but he just focused so much on that writing. Maybe his voice wasn't the greatest of all time, but I think what made him who he was was his writing. And I, I think what I would want to write about with him is kind of like, if he was alive now, like the time that we're in currently, you know, because everything <laughs> is crazy. And I bet, I mean, I know we have some, some stuff to talk about because um, everything's so crazy and just kind of you know, everything that's oh, going on. That, there's a title right there. It's so crazy. It's so crazy, yeah. That's definitely one of his titles. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question so they can think about it. Um, because the, the answer she gave us back then is almost to the T of what she's living now. She had a vision. She knew where she was going. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I mean, in five years, I would, I would love to just be, you know, I mean, obviously the dream, the dream five years, but I mean, performing in Madison Square Garden and have a grant, <laughs> won a Grammy, and you know, met all the artists that I want to meet and performed with all the artists that I wanted to meet and just, just kind of be just coasting and enjoying that what I've worked so hard towards hopefully yeah. that's again, that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> now let's say you look five, 10 years down the road 
and you're a success on whatever level that is, but you're a grand success. Mm -hmm. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? I would remind her to stay humble and stay grounded. Cause I think a lot of people get wrapped up in that ego of it and mm -hmm. just like stay humble, stay grounded, remember where you've come from and just be a good person. And, and remember why you started this, remember why you're doing this and who you're doing it for. I love that answer. And I, and I ask that question a lot of times because I want artists to kind of think about, are you really living this, you know, a way to kind of make themselves think about things. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her singing. They've got something special. As Simon Cowell would say, <laughs> they got that it factor. <laughs> and let's say that um, they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but, but they've gotten on stage and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd and the crowd's roaring for them and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Sophia, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next couple of years? Um, gosh, I think what I'd give my five years self is just, you got to stay humble, stay grounded and, and, and enjoy every second of it too, because it can go away and like that. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, I mean, be, yeah, definitely. I mean, just, just stay humble, stay grounded and know why you're doing it and enjoy the moment while it's still there. I love that. So, you know, as, as a rising artist like yourself, you probably have other people that are other friends that are artists that are crazy, following this crazy dream right along with you. So who are one or two artists that people should know? Oh, goodness. I, I really like um, Brendan Urie of Panic! at the Disco. I, I think his story, especially he started at a very young age. He started at 17. And I mean, his vocals are incredible. He knows like 10 instruments or, and I mean, it's like, he like knows a banjo and it's like the crazy <laughs> stuff. I think he's a really good artist to look at um, and kind of see that growth that he's gone through and especially different genre changes throughout his album or their albums. Um, <laughs> another one I, I would say, Bob Dylan. <laughs> and I would say, look at, look at his writing and, and kind of study that because he was just such an incredible writer. Um, last one. Let's see. I think it'd be like, like Kurt Cobain. Cause I think he was such a revolutionary and was so cool and kind of threw that sort of toxic masculinity out the window and he was just grunge and just didn't care and just like <laughs> did what he wanted to do and didn't care who was looking. <laughs> I love that. So as we come to a close here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Um, let's see. Uh, you guys, have, you guys have asked such great questions. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Oh, we love to hear my great. <laughs> Again, um, that, that's what our show is about. Trying to get all around the artists, not just about music. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely, you know, asking about hobbies and asking about other things in their life that they're doing and maybe other projects that they have going on with other things. And obviously like the plan B, like, what would you be if you weren't a musician? I mean, I can't think of one. You guys have asked such amazing questions. 
<laughs> well, thank you. You know, you just talked about the and other projects. So what is the project you're working on right now? We'll end with this. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I have, I'm, I'm currently working on an EP right now and I'm bouncing around and I'm trying to like, I mean, I've been trying to create an EP for the past like four years. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm working on an EP. It should be mm -hmm. out soon. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, have like a couple songs down now and I'm trying to like create something that's like I've always wanted and something that I've always dreamed of what it would be. And, it, and it's funny looking back at some of the songs that I'm going to have on here is like songs I wrote three, two, three years ago. And, it, yeah. and it's kind of funny to see that evolution of my writing and my emotions because you're at, at this time and I'm 16. So you're growing up and, and you're looking at writing you did when you were 12. And I'm like, really? You're being dramatic 12 year old self. <laughs> it's like yeah it's yeah it's, it's it's crazy but right now i'm working on an ep and it's come it's coming along <laughs> Love that. Awesome. so tell everybody how they can reach out to you uh my instagram sophia warren music my facebook which is sophia warren music as well and i think that's it right now and i will have some music out soon that all of you can listen to as well <laughs> you know we enjoyed having you on the show yes. today and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road uh, thank you so much. I enjoyed it too. It was, again, amazing questions. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Yes. Thanks.